welcome everyone to Glenn and Rod's chat about stuff. That Apple stuff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rod and Glenn Talk About Apple Things, a really exciting episode. We're going to be reacting to some of the announcements from the WWDC keynote that happened this week. As always, I'm joined by Rod. Welcome, Rod. Hello, Glenn. And hi, everyone. I'm Rod Sempera, designer at Telstra Purple in Brisbane, Australia. And wow. I know it seems like every time we start a podcast, I have this wow. But it the last sessions have been this way, have felt this way. The announcements from WWDC this week have been crazy. Like so much interesting stuff. Like so much that we won't be able to cover it in one episode. So I just want to set the right expectations for everyone there. There's heaps of videos um, that summarize everything. But yeah, it's wow. That's what I'm going to say for now. Absolutely. So it was um, uh, obviously the a, la- a large portion of the Telstra Purple Apple practice, uh, our dedicated developers and designers that are you know are aligned with Apple. Uh, we're up at 3 a.m. To, to watch the to watch the session and uh, lo- lots of banter. I think we we're all a little bit lucid, uh, <laughs> given given the time. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of huge announcements. Uh, the elephant in the room of you know there was there was no hardware announced. Um, kind of surprising. There was lots of rumors around you know some hardware that might be coming down the down the line, but uh, they they more than made up for it. Uh, with some of the features that were announced, uh, what was before we get into any of the you know any any of the list of things that we do want to talk about? What was your favorite announced feature that's coming to any of the the platforms? Okay, there were lots of great things, but there's one that really stood out for me, and it's coming to all platforms, which is universal control. When I saw mm. that, I literally almost jumped out of my seat. And in, in silence, trying to know to wake up anyone at home, like, wow, what's going on? What's this? How is this even possible? Um, for those who haven't seen this, Universal Control is a new feature that comes to iOS, iPadOS, and macOS, where you can basically share cursors and keyboards and even documents and files across devices as if you were sharing screens. So, you know, when you have your Mac, and there's a screen plugged into it, and then you set it up so that the screen is on the right, and you have your cursor with your mouse and you're moving through, and then the, the little arrow jumps from one screen to the next, like almost like magic. Well, imagine that, but across devices, not screens. So you might be doing something on your iPad, and then you have your cursor on the iPad, and then you move away, and it automatically knows where the Mac is, so it jumps into your Mac or iMac, and then all the way back into... Yeah, it's, oh, wow. And you can use that to drag and drop files, uh, grab a, an illustration done in Procreate and drop it into a keynote presentation you're doing on a Mac. Seamless. That I don't know how that's going to actually work, but from the presentation, that was mind-blowing for me. What about you? What, what, what caught your attention? Yeah, that, it was a slick, slick demo. Like Craig, Craig Federighi always does good demos but that one i was just like oh man also the silver imac everyone like poo-poos it you have to get the silver imac in that demo was sexy if i was going to get the new imac i would probably actually get silver because i'm boring but um the thing for me uh, and you you hit on it when you talked about procreate as a designer you know using my using my ipad as a sidecar display is kind of useful but it's kind of it's just turning it into a disgrace display it's just a dumb screen that is an extension of my mac whereas this allows me to kind of use 
the devices more continuously with the same input controls, but in the context of the device. So, you know, if I'm doing something particularly creative, like sketching something out for, you know, really rough wireframes and things like that, I'll do that on my iPad. And then I'll move to my move to my Mac for, you know, putting them together into a flow and sort of mapping things out a bit better. And so it, it will require less context. It'll allow me to more quickly context switch without as much kind of, you know, change or having to airdrop things and save them as files. Like it's just going to make my workflow uh, so much, so much faster. Um, so I've already ordered a, a 12.9 inch uh, iPad iPad Pro uh, with the new mini LED display. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to taking advantage of that. But the feature uh, that stood out to me um, that I think is really, really exciting, obviously lots of updates around FaceTime, lots of announcements around FaceTime, the ability for somebody to be able to share their iPhone or iPad screen via FaceTime, for me, game-changing. And the reason is, and, and I, I suspect you're possibly this person in your kind of extended family as well, mate, is that I'm the person that everybody calls when their technology isn't working. And particularly during the last year, during the pandemic, particularly being somebody from Melbourne, I have spent a lot of time trying to troubleshoot people's iOS devices by FaceTiming them on another iOS device and having them point the camera of that device at the other <laughs> device. So this is this is going to be game changing uh, for, for me for, for providing technical support. Um, you know you, you don't know uh, you don't know challenging until you've tried to walk your parents through installing Zoom on their iMac remotely uh, so that you can see what's going on on their iMac to help them to fix it. So very selfishly, that is my favorite feature. <laughs> it's it's a quite impressive one actually. And yes, I am that same. I have that same role within my larger family. I am the go-to person when something just electronic or computers just just doesn't work. Um, but I'm I was thinking, even user testing or or supporting field uh, people people in the field if they have any issues with their devices, this becomes a game changer for that. But for me, what was super interesting as well is I feel that they've taken it, as they usually do, one level higher. Because on some apps, it's not just sharing the screen. It's actually seeing the same thing on the same app. I'm, I'm going to clarify what that is with the example that I use with Notes. So, for example, is that SharePlay? If, is that share, it's, is that SharePlay where you that's get the, the that's the music and the no 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 oh sorry <laughs> so it's it's like screen sharing but instead of instead of you seeing what I'm drawing on my notes app it's actually being rendered on your notes app at the same time that's how it's working so that then you can also draw on your notes app and we have a shared canvas that so I see what you're writing what? on it so then it becomes this running on device instead of streaming that there was like what that's that's next level and because it's within the apple ecosystem they can do that because they own the apps they run the apps and they integrate them to that level it's it was yeah when i saw that i was like okay this is not just screen sharing yeah that's impressive okay i did i actually didn't know that um, and for, for anybody that was uh, the, the feature I thought uh, that, that Rob was talking about that he wasn't was SharePlay. And that allows you to basically be on a call, a FaceTime call with somebody and sync up like watching a, a show or like on Apple TV or, or listening to some music together and stuff, which 
you know, I, it's it's not something that I see myself using, but it's something that I definitely see people getting, you know, uh, getting a real use case for, particularly for like event television, like shows like The Mandalorian or Loki now, where, you know, people get together on a group FaceTime call and they can all sync up and you don't have to worry about somebody's audio being two seconds ahead of yours and making it untenable to, to, to kind of set yourselves up that way. So that's quite cool. But it's good to see FaceTime, you know, it, it, it's just going to be more ubiquitous. Like it's, it's, you've got the normal view, you've got the grid view. Um, people will be able to join it from a browser, which means that non-iPhone devices and, and you know, non-Macs will be able to join from their browsers, which is fantastic. Um, spatial audio, I think, is the, the, the last kind of mega feature uh, in, in, in the update that it, for FaceTime that I think is going to be really interesting to see. Um, so spatial audio is one of those things that you have to experience it to recognize just how friggin' cool it is. Um, so if you haven't and you've got AirPods Pro and, and a d- device that's capable of it, like an iPad Pro, um, try spatial audio out on a, on a show that, that supports it. It's, it's game-changing. But from what I understand, basically it's going to set up some spatial audio so that if you're on a group call with people, it'll put them at different places in the virtual room. And so if multiple people are talking simultaneously, you'll kind of hear them from their respective locations as you move your head around, which is insane. Like it's, it's just cool. Really cool. And since you're talking about audio, and I guess we could almost have a, a full podcast on what they did in FaceTime because it goes deep. Yeah. And the great thing is that oh, yeah. most, if not all of these things are APIs, so they become available to other apps as well. And the one I was going to talk about is the new um, audio processing features that they've embedded into the OS where they have this, you can select how you want your mic to work and it could either have a voice isolation mode where it uses machine learning to clean out the noise around you. It can There's another mode, uh, wide spectrum, to just pick everything around you if maybe you want to share a bit more in context. Um, and it's great that this is built into the OS. Uh, and no, like you don't need a separate thing or, or, or to put something in between you and your, and your voice or video chat system. Uh, and I guess... I, this very it's very much in line with privacy and security as well that Apple is is pushing very Absolutely. very hard on. Um, I did wanted to maybe take a short step back to give a bit more context because I really loved how they framed WWDC and I don't have the exact four liner that they had, but I'm I'm getting from from the Apple.com homepage. They started the conversation saying this session is packed with new features that would help you connect with others, be more present and in the moment, explore the world and use powerful intelligence to do more than ever. And for me, that was like, okay, I know that they're great at marketing, but it made so much sense the way they framed it. And then seeing at all the features that were delivered against that, it's like, okay. Really precise. Really precise. Really targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's the you know the connection thing you know again I'm on my fourth lockdown, uh, so that you know the, the the features that allow us to connect with people like that like that that's amazing. But I've put uh, the beta on a couple of my non-primary devices, and you know there's things that are amazing like the you know the shared with you stuff that appears uh, throughout the throughout the operating system is really useful like surprisingly useful um the new weather app is gorgeous like i know that that apple purchased dark sky and that i believe that that's the team that was working on it but 
you know, you probably haven't experienced it being a Queenslander, but the rain animation, <laughs> I've experienced that a lot in the last few days. And um, it's really pretty. Like the way that the rain interacts with the actual UI elements, like the card that's showing the, the, the weather detail and the rain kind of bouncing off that and running down the sides of it. Like it's just somebody spent a lot of time on that and there's a lot of craft in it it's just it's it's a really it's 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 that thing that kind of takes the experience from great to you know amazing delightful sort of thing so yeah no i i, I agree like they 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 nailed it with some of the focusing of that feature um the, the point you made about being more present have you had a plans to play around with the focus modes in any way at all yet i've installed the ios 15 beta on my um test iphone i I had a quick play around with it, but it's because it's not my main phone. Like all I could do was set it up and tweak a few settings, but I'm not leaving with that phone. So I, I didn't have an impact. I didn't feel the impact, but I really liked It's It's not just focus mode. I think they, I, I, I do feel that with this new release, they had more of a holistic approach to interruptions. Let's call them because it's, you have focus mode and you have new ways of managing notifications like notification summary. Um, so there's different ways not to, I think. New notifications are good. I, I think really what's good. interesting is they're not blocking things out. What The way I see it is putting you in control of when you want to see what and making sure that the right things get through. Um, so yeah, focus mode is a very interesting one. And for those who haven't seen WWDC or, or heard about this. It's if, if you're familiar with the do not disturb mode in your iPhone, it's kind of like a way of customizing the way that do not disturb mode works for different purposes. Say you might be you might have a focus mode for doing exercise or for working or studying. So you get to say what apps get through, what apps don't, what people might get through, what not, what do you want to what do you want to um, allow to happen with your phone? So that it, it really gets you, allows you to get into that flow state of doing whatever it is that, that you feel like doing at that point in time. And you can set, schedule it to start at some point or when you're doing something. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's quite nice. What do you think about it? Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of the natural progression of, you know, the, the bedtime feature that they introduced but that, that automatically puts everything into do not disturb mode. Uh, my initial response to that was like, but what if somebody needs me? But I kind of stuck with it um, and it's become okay. And I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get, adjust my approach to, to how I use my devices to work with these focuses. Because right now, my initial knee-jerk reaction was I will not use these because people hit me up on, on Teams and Slack and email all times of the day and night. And I, I don't want to miss stuff. I don't want to drop that. Like I'm, I'm the kind of uh, problematic uh, older millennial that's just like a, a little bit too obsessed with his job, I think. So I think this might help me a little bit in, in, in creating those barriers and, and those times of focus where I'm not, you know, having to immediately read and respond to things um, to, to appear, you know, to appear responsive and online. Um, so I, I'll play around with it. The, the UI for, for creating custom focuses, focus eye, um, is very, it is pretty clear that it's beta. Um, but the, the general kind of concept, I think, is, is, is actually pretty cool. So, and the fact that it extends across all your devices that are connected to the iCloud account, because with everything that I have, you know, sitting here in front of me on my desk, it would be pointless for me to put my 
phone into a particular focus mode, but my Mac and my iPad are still lighting up like a Christmas tree every time, you know, every 10 seconds. So, Yeah, I'm keen to see how, how it fits into my day-to-day and where they take yeah. it from here. So some of the other stuff that I got excited about, uh, I don't know if you're big on AirPods, but I am, and I'm on my fourth pair uh, because I lose them. And there's a new feature that's coming to AirPods where it will notify you if you've left them behind. So if they, you know, it's basically technology separation anxiety. Um, so it'll, it'll give you a notification if you've left them behind somewhere that it, I believe if it just isn't your home. Uh, but then also uh, you can have them appear and uh, behave kind of like AirTags from what I understand inside of the Find My app. Um, so and you can you can even trigger them to to make noises to to help you locate them even if the AirPod uh, the AirPods themselves are inside their charging case. So that's another thing that I was pretty pumped about. Yeah, yeah. I've I, when I saw that it's one of those things that why wasn't this a thing earlier? But I'm glad that yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that they they brought that on board. Um, yeah, especially. I love what for me AirPods, like I love them. I, I they're my main listening device, music listening device, especially when I'm up and about. But what I really like is how Apple are positioning them as almost hearing aids, or or, or it's uh, they're positioning them as an accessibility tool to enable yeah. people to have a let's say. I don't want to say For, better, be able to focus, more controlled or focus the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Controlling the audio that you get in. in. Filtering. So I, I, th- I think that's really cool. Yeah. Filtering. Um, I think this is, you know, the, the example that they showed was somebody that was more elderly and probably would have had some hearing deterioration. But I've got a friend that, that really um, struggles to focus in really noisy environments, particularly when those noisy environments are lots of voices. Um, so being able to more more narrowly focus the beam of the audio that you're hearing is something that you know it. I, I don't know if this is a potential use case, but I'd be interested to explore it. Um, whether or not that's something that you could do for somebody that's, you know, not that really struggles to focus on one voice when there's lots of voices in the room, it would be quite cool to see if AirPods could help that too. Yeah, and I guess that to me leads on to a big, let's say, chapter in a way, from this WWDC. And it's something that Apple has been pushing more and more and more. And I think Apple is, at least that I'm aware of, one of the only or the biggest company to be pushing for accessibility as hard as they are. I Like, I've seen it embedded in every single feature release. There's an accessibility mindset behind it. Um, I've had some had the opportunity to watch some of the videos on WWDC and... Everything is has a strong push in accessibility, and even share Apple were sharing how they've structured their teams to be accessible from the get go, making sure that people representing different ethnicities or different accessibility um, situations are part of the teams that are coming up with these solutions. And it's it's something that you see across the board. It's showing. It's showing. Yeah. We just talk about what the what what the airports have to offer but um even like the share play and and the different things that we talked about before they all have this layer of they have a purpose to enable the iphone or the ios experience to even more people and by that 
enabling maybe the more widespread ways of interacting with the world that most people do with their phones and whatnot to even more people, which is, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. And we're, we're, we're going to do an episode where we talk about some of our favorite uh, keynotes that were delivered during the week for WWDC. And there's a few from the accessibility series that are in my top, they're in my top list. So we will dive, we will dive into those. Um, I'm just cognizant of time, Rod. We're at already uh, 20, 20 odd minutes. Um, we haven't touched on iPad OS, uh, Watch OS, the new privacy stuff with iCloud Plus, uh, all the new features in health, uh, Mac OS Monterey, um, even some of the home stuff. Um, should we should we quickly talk a little bit about iPad OS and then leave the others for uh, for and, and and Apple Maps we haven't covered. Uh, so we should we touch on iPad OS uh, to close out the the iPhone iPad stuff and then have another episode to talk about the other features? Sure, but before we jump into iPad OS, let me. This is for me was a silent highlight. The updates that they're bringing to Siri, setting aside the fact uh-huh. that Siri will now work offline for most of the basic commands, it's like they're taking on Google basically. They're saying, it's Google search, sorry. They're taking on Google search. So they're saying, for all your Mm. search needs on an iPhone, just use Siri or Spotlight, basically. The the work that they'd be doing in these information cards that that will give you um, snapshots of information of questions that you ask or or searches that you might have using voice search, being able to scan images and search the context of text in the images um, and, and all these things that all these upgrades. I'm very excited I was, about that feature. I was looking at this and, and listening to to these new features and I'm like, okay, this is, I knew that Spotlight early on was kind of like a way of getting into the search world, but now it's actually becoming a really useful tool to explore the the wealth of knowledge that is out there. Yeah, it's quite cool. And if you if you've got, iOS 15 on any of your devices and you just like look up a person like the the amount of detail and information that it pulls through on that person for you like it used to just be like do you want to call or text this person but now it's just like here's the meetings that you have with them here's detail here's their updates from so like it's just it's just pulling everything together into the one place it's very cool and very very powerful um so we'll, we'll quickly touch on iPad OS because obviously there was a lot of stuff in there but um we'll we'll we'll, we'll whip through it um, obviously, widgets were, you know, they came to iPad OS first, but they were in their own little kind of widget uh, widget column off to the side. Uh, now it behaves much more like the iPhone, uh, where we can we can put widgets wherever we like. I've seen some people really creatively, like basically making a screen that is just widgets. It's like a dashboard. Uh, lots of people are posting their their widget dashboards to to Twitter. Um, I'm hoping that you know more applications support the Mega widget. Uh, hint, hint, Outlook, uh, so that we can have those that uh, mega-sized widget for, from them. Uh, and they brought in App Library. So, you know, instead of having to have every single app have its own spot or create a folder of, like, re- rarely used applications on the last screen of your iPad, you can uh, manage the screens like the iPhone, which is quite cool. The animation to invoke it. So uh, on the iPad, they, in the dock, they've got a little uh, icon to invoke the app library and the animation to invoke it is, is a lot. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool um, to, 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 to sort of bring all that up. Um, so that, that, that's all quite cool. Um, the stuff that I 
so that that stuff that I loved and, you know, I love all the notes, the quick notes thing. I need to play with that to, to get my head around it. Um, Swift Playgrounds being updated. It's not quite Xcode on the iPad. From what I can tell, it's a different project type. Um, but something I'm not, as, as, as somebody that is a, a power user of iPad OS, the multitasking stuff. So I get that uh, the existing... The existing way of multitasking on an iPad is not particularly discoverable. Like you, you kind of have to be shown, you kind of have to know how to get a lot of the things to, to do what they do. But I have muscle memory for that now. Uh, and the new way of doing it uses uh, kind of a little ellipses everywhere at the top of different screens and little kind of squished chevron tabs that appear in from either sides of the screen and stuff like that. And... I find it a little distracting and I don't know if it's just because my brain's like that shouldn't, that hasn't been there previously. Why is it there? But also I was using my iPad to, to watch some videos last night and the, the Chevron tab where, you know, I've got usually got messages on a floating card that I can dismiss and, and re-invoke if I need to use it. Um, the video just constantly had this little tab with the Chevron showing over the top of the edge of the video and it was a little bit distracting. Um, but you know, maybe it's like a notch and I'll get used to it. But, um, as somebody, I feel like it's. I feel like they're trying to help other people understand the secret language that I know, and maybe I'm upset about that because you know I used to, I used to know how to use an iPad in ways that people couldn't, and they're trying to make that normal. So, yeah, there might be valid points in what you're saying, especially making things a bit more discoverable. But I, I do tend to agree with you in the ellipsis, especially the ellipsis being there all the time, uh, and not. It's not like the notch because the notch, it's its thing and it's always there and it kind of eventually fades away and it even mm. splits the top of the phone into two different different areas that have different features or different functionalities. I don't know. I Maybe it's not there yet, not quite there yet. I do think it's an improvement in discoverability and, and affordance of the solution and using and, and multitasking, but the fact that they've kind of invaded single like invaded apps with that, that you might be using in a full screen like the immersiveness of mm. and i know i'm it's three little dots at the top of the screen so it's not like it's super invasive but when you're immersed in an experience that can get you out of it and it's yeah. it's the sort of thing like why is that there I, it's also not what we've been trained over time those ellipsis dots mean if that so you know we we have certain interface uh, interface in, in elements that that help us to understand an interaction point. So you know at the bottom the, the swipe up from home, you know you've got that really elongated rectangle with like maximum radius on it, and then they use that same thing like when people weren't aware that you pulled down from the right ear on the top right hand corner of the iPhone to to invoke the notific to invoke the um, control center. They used a shortened version of that because people had learned that if you swipe on one of those really long rectangly things, that things happen. We haven't been taught, like ellipses are, are, are an interaction element that you tap and typically they would show, you know, an options or disambiguation kind of contextual menu. Um, so I don't know that ellipses is the, the like, it's, it's not something where I've, at least in my experience, have seen used as a grip. And effectively that's what it's being targeted, targeted as. It's something that you... You grab and you drag, and it's 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 got a treatment of a grip. 
there's there is grips in in iOS in iPadOS. It's two kind of lines on top of each other. It's used in lists and things like that. Um, I don't know that that's really the appropriate um, glyph uh, or SF symbol to, to to put there. But I don't know that ellipsis is either. Um, maybe there's something else. Maybe it's a you know slightly elongated rectangle with dots either side of it. So it's a blend of the pull down and the ellipsis or something. But just simply using something that we're kind of cognitively trained to to tap that element and see additional options as opposed to grab and drag with it. You know, it also takes away from, you know, that that trained utilization of it, it where it is used in the current context. So that's my thoughts. <laughs> and you cannot not see it, to be honest. Like I'm I'm, mm. I'm looking at the website now and, and seeing some screens. And I know we're talking about it, so it comes even more to my mind, but it's at the top, usually on a high contrast background. And because it's three dots, it it makes the brain work because it's trying to associate mm. figures that are spread apart but grouped. And this is like getting into gestalt design territory here. But if I think if it were a line, like you're saying, it might fade away a bit more because it's not... Yeah, know, the, it's the, high the, contrast. The visual it's not pres- a repetition. Yeah. Like it stands out. It's 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 coming out, you it know, as a design out. pattern. It's It's, yeah... So yeah, you know, maybe this is literally the first beta. So there may be ideation uh, on that. There almost definitely will be ideation on it. But we'll see if um, some of the interaction, you know, UI design decisions will uh, will be modified. Um, that's not the best note to end on, but we probably should because we're at half an hour. <laughs> um, so I, you know, we'll, we'll touch base again next week. We'll cover off the rest of the topics. Um, you know, I, I'm as I said, you know, overwhelmingly blown away. I think both of us have just been so impressed with the stuff that's been announced and we could talk about this for hours, but um, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. So thank you very much for, for chatting with me, Rod, again. It's been great. And like you said, so many things to cover. I, I don't know how many podcasts we're going to need to actually cover them all. So <laughs> we might have to be strategic <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's been great to have this chat again, Glenn. Um it's been an it's yeah it's been a crazy content week with DC, so hopefully we can also bring some of those insights to our audience uh, when we get the time to watch more if not all of those videos and yeah keen to have a chat next week perfect awesome thanks for chatting thanks for chatting See you, mate. have a great one bye